Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Luke chapter 24, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them. You always know you're in trouble when the story starts off that way. Watch when you read the Bible when God uses that phrase, certain women. Something is about to get messed up in the kingdom of God. Certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared to embalm him. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in, did not find the body of the Lord Jesus, and it happened. As they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, They said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. (laughs) Remember how he spoke to you when he he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. We're doing something a bit different. Give me just a a moment here. We're actually live today. Greetings to all who are watching us. Typically, we record and release, but our online audience is actually in the room with us today. So God bless you, and I'm praying that on this Easter Sunday, God reach through the veil of that camera right there into your living room and your office, wherever you are, touch your life change you and I believe God is able to do that today amen the town drunk wandered into the graveyard and Manny Santiago has interrupted my joke with something much funnier than I can possibly think up what was I talking about Manny do you remember I can't it's gone The town drunk wandered into the graveyard. What he didn't know was there was an open grave. Fell in. Gave two hard pulls on the side of that grave. Gave up. Pulled out the bottle. Sat down against the wall of that grave and said, I'll wait till tomorrow. They can get me out before they put them in. What he didn't know was a very wealthy businessman very discouraged and depressed, had wandered into the graveyard as well, losing hope in life, trying to find answers in a graveyard. He fell into the same grave, gave two hard pulls on the side of that grave, started screaming for help, heard a voice behind him. Might as well give it up, pal. Wait till morning. He got out of that grave and lived happily ever after. When you go to the graveyard and stuff is not where it's supposed to be, it can cause trouble. 
If you're actually in the graveyard and you find that there are living people there, when you're going there to take care of one issue and when you get there, something else talks to you, it can change your life. Do you realize that this question, why seek ye the living among the dead? Jesus is not dead, but he's alive. That phrase given to these people was a death sentence in their life. Those people who heard that phrase gave their lives in testimony that they had found him alive. When they heard the angels say, he's alive, it so radically changed them that they were willing to break the law. They were willing to stare down persecution and death simply to state their testimony. I have seen Jesus. But I love the sarcasm of the angels. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Jesus is not dead, but he's alive. Don't you remember what he told you in Galilee? In other words, if you believed what he said, you wouldn't be looking where you're looking. I don't know why I'm going to say this. This is live. Typically, I reserve all of my more outlandish statements for services that are not on the Internet. There's an old song, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. And when I was talking about looking for God in places where he's not because you don't trust what he said, I, I got the image of a young lady bar hopping, looking for romance when you know in your heart that God gave you a promise that he would lead you to a godly man. And because you doubt now what God told you then, you're looking for God in graveyards. The reason that you perpetually search for God and you can't find Him, He's not answering your prayers or you're trying to have an emotional connection that seems to elude you. The reason you're going through that is because you've gone beyond what He told you and you're searching for God in places that are convenient to you. You want to go serve a God that you can embalm, not serve a God to whom you have to bow your knee. You're trying hard to go back to yesterday's memorial service for what God used to be, what God did yesterday, that you don't realize that this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You don't have a right to look for God in graveyards. God is not dead. He's alive. I want to go a step further. You shouldn't be looking for God in dead churches. Is this all right? You're here today, so automatically you're one of us. But I've been to churches that are haunted. I've been to churches where you leave and you have an encounter with people, but not with God where they bring their embalming spices of religion and tradition, making sure that you sing the right song or say the right phrase and stand in the right place. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. This is not a graveyard. This is the upper room. We're tarrying in Jerusalem until we be endued with power from on high. 
When you come to this house, you say, well, why do you get so excited in this place? Because we're not attending a memorial service. We're attending the coronation of a king. We're not here to embalm him. We're here to praise him. We're here because the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. From everlasting to everlasting, his grace calls out to me. So I give you the call of the anthem of the church. Come, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together and praise him in this house. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. If we wanted to have a graveyard experience, then we would have to nullify the music and we would have to water down the gospel and take the Bible and toss it out of our theology. Sing songs that have nothing to do with Christ and pretend as if our perceived advertisement and our projection of our social media is all that we need to congregate people and give them things that might help them along in life. That's dead. That's a dead man's religion. No, sir, we're not going to serve God in graveyards. We're going to serve God in the baptism and power of his authority and manifestation. We're not here to embalm him. We're not here to remember where he used to be. The same God that did it then is the same God that can do it now. The definition of Pentecostal is very simple. If it happened in the Bible, it can happen now. In other words, our God still walks on water. Our God still dancing in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our God can still put five rocks in the pocket of a shepherd and knock the giant's head off. Our God is still able to move mountains by faith. He can raise up the dead, make the lame leap and the blinded eyes to see my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So I enter this house today and I magnify a God that is alive and a war that we're winning in a holiness that God has baptized us with. He is here. He's alive and I praise him. I praise him in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you trusted what he said, you wouldn't be looking where you're looking. If you read the word of God, you wouldn't be searching for God in dead places. And I know it's hard to trust anybody right now. I am, I'm complaining just a moment. You know the hardest part about being a pastor over the last year? Figuring out what the rules are. Obviously, none of you have obeyed any rules related to... It's the worst social distancing I've seen, especially this section right here. You have to leave last. This is the worst social distancing I've witnessed. And We're live, aren't we? Okay. Just kidding. They're all spread out. I told you not to let me go live. Yes, officer. I... <laughs> you know, the, Jesus was the great cliff notes of Scripture. He could take the complex and make it simple. God gave us ten commandments in the Old Testament. And then Jesus comes along and they ask him, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? He said, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Great! 
right? Take the Old Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is likened unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Check. Just read the Old Testament. That's such a wonderful expression. Ten commandments in the Old and summarized in two in the New. CDC has given us 11,273 rules. I can't keep up. I'm tired of watching politicians change what they say simply because somebody else is in the White House. What was wrong is not wrong. And what used to be, it's like, this is so frustrating. I don't know who to trust. You turn on the news, I don't watch the news anymore. This is how I read the news. I'm ready to turn it off at all times. Pastor, what do you think's in the news? Spirit of the Antichrist. Revelation is coming to pass. That's what's in the news. I don't need for them to tell me any more of the chaos of our culture. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of knowing that you can't go into a restaurant and eat in Portland, but you can go into a restaurant and burn it down in Portland. I don't trust anybody anymore. I don't trust the news. I don't trust the newspaper. I don't trust anything. You can't even trust YouTube. You know they doctor those videos? I didn't know that. I thought you could trust those videos. You can't trust those videos on YouTube. You can't trust anything. But I'll tell you one thing. Word of God's never let me down. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But God's word will not pass away. I may not be able to watch CNN and get everything I need in life, but I can tell you this. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have found this word to be from everlasting to everlasting. It is an anchor for the soul. It is a foundation for your life, both sure and steadfast. You can trust the word of God. If Jesus preached to you as he did in Galilee that I will suffer, I will be crucified, why would you know? that he suffered according to his word and not believe that he would rise according to his word. If God said what would come to pass yesterday, you can trust that what he says about tomorrow is going to be true in your life. Let me give you an example. Since I'm on this soapbox and we've already ruined our public reputation by going live. Let me say this to you. John the Revelator, blind on the Isle of Patmos, said in the last days they would come up with a global economic tracking system. A system so sophisticated that it would be implanted in your body so that a one world government could literally track your economic activity and control your behavior from centralized authority. You are the first generation to realize that God wasn't writing poetry. He was telling the truth. You're the first generation of people to know exactly what he meant by that. God never told John how to explain it or describe it. He simply said, write down what you see. He showed him a grand vision. He said, it's a dragon. It came out of the sea and it hurled fire onto the land and one third of the planet died. He's describing a nuclear submarine. 
meticulously John and Revelation describe the peril and pain that you and I are beginning to see the birth of. The good news is, if God was right about that, then why are you living in doubt that he's not also right about what else was going to happen? For in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will dream. Come on, talk to me, church. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. If God was right about the bad stuff, you can trust that the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. If God was right about what we carry in our pockets and the manipulation of our culture, if he knew about the doctrine of demons that would seduce thousands in the church if he knew all of this was going to happen then lift up your head for the bible gives us blessed assurance that one day the angel will shout and the trumpet will sound and the dead in christ will rise and those that are alive and remain shall be called up to meet him in the air i can't trust this world i can't trust what they say but the more they lie to me the more i know that this home is not my home my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life and early one morning a trumpet's going to sound and everything's going to be alright because God's word is true. God's word is true. God's word is true. Hallelujah. Somebody talk to me right now. Tell me you believe the word of God. Is there a witness at Buford Church of God that can tell me God can heal your body? Is there a witness in the house? Is there a mama that prayed for a baby girl or a, a baby son that was wayward and lost in their sins? But thanks be unto God, God pulled your child out of the devil's den. God rescued that baby and brought them to the kingdom of God. Is there a witness in the house? That he'll break the bondage of addiction. He'll put your families back together again. My God is true. Stop looking in graveyards. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys are working me up too much. I, uh, I've got to come. I feel his presence in this house. I just feel like sometimes we're not grateful enough for what God has done in our lives. And right now, I am feeling overwhelmed with gratitude at the stuff God's brought my family out of, the things he's healed us from, the deliverance that he brought into my house. I cannot be by myself. There has to be a daddy in here who knows what it is to get a prayer through. There has to be a lady in here who knows what it is to cry at night and know there's an angel collecting your tears and answering your prayer somebody help me praise him right now God we glorify you God we magnify you we exalt you in this house for you are great and greatly to be praised stop acting like you didn't understand what he said well, see, I thought he was making poetry. I thought he was just telling allegory. No, he told you he was going to die like Jonah. And one greater than Jonah is here. He preached and told you that he would be crucified. He told you that, that he would rise from the dead. And now you doubt in the darkness what God told you in the light. I'm going to read you a verse of scripture that 
that absolutely chaps me. Matthew 27 says, On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver, speaking of Jesus, after three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure. Now, a good friend of mine, I would love to name him right now since I'm live. Get it all the way to his church. <laughs> he called me on Friday. He's pastoring his own church. Told me what his sermon was. Asked me what I was going to preach. And you know what that joker did? Wrote down my sermon. And he is right now preaching my sermon at his church. Giving me absolutely zero credit for it. He, he sent me his outline this morning. Showed me on a screen that he was preaching my sermon. And I sent this text back. Awesome. We were talking about this verse of scripture I just read to you. I said the Pharisees posted a guard because they knew what Jesus said. Why does the devil pay more attention to the word than we do? He's prepping for disaster while we pretend we didn't understand. Do you realize that what you're witnessing in this modern culture is the panic of hell? You have all of this bad news that you focus on. You know what the devil's focused on? Put a guard by the tomb. He said in three days he's coming out. We've got to prevent that. He said that sons and daughters are going to prophesy. You've got to start murdering babies by the thousands. We've got to keep that little middle school girl from grabbing that Bible and making her way. I, I, somebody sent me a picture. I won't point out the little girl. She may be in here right now. A little middle school girl decided she's going to wake up 30 minutes early, sits there getting ready for school, and reads her Bible and gets prepped for the day. You know what? <laughs> You know what happens when she does that? Angels start surrounding her. Angels start dropping all around that little girl. The Bible says angels in camp round about those that love and fear him. You're watching a little girl read a Bible. You know what? God sees a helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness and a shield of faith. That little girl stands up from that table clothed in the shining armor of Almighty God. She puts a Bible under her arm and faith in her heart and angels walk with her to school sounding trumpets and alarms knocking the devil out of the way. They're opening doors spiritually for her. She's going to walk in one day and the spirit of God's going to hit her and she's going to stand on a lunchroom table and say this is Jesus whom you've crucified but I declare to you that God so loved the world that whosoever believes in this boy that he gave will have everlasting life I believe with all of my heart that God's raising up an army Satan knows this to be true he's read the scriptures he knows God doesn't lie too many times we're going down to the graveyards of our own lack of faith to embalm a dead Messiah when Jesus is headed to the coronation of a king. Pastor, why are you guys so excited? Because we know he's alive. 
This is not a dead church. It's a live church. Because if it weren't true, half the people here would already be dead. There are too many miracles in here. There's people you wouldn't be alive had God not healed your body. There's too many of you would lost control of your car when you were rebellious against God had it not been for a mama at home praying for you. There's too many people in this house who used to have cancer, who used to be a drug addict, who used to be lost and undone, but thanks be unto God, we went down to a cross called Calvary and the Lord washed us in his blood, gave us a new name, and now we're redeemed. Called by his new name in heaven. I praise God for it. You see, what we are here is what I call lively stones. Or more appropriately translated, rolling stones. Why should the devil have all the good music? (laughs) Jesus is the rock and he rolled my blues away. (laughs) Yeah. Lively stones. Pastor Jerry said to me today, he said, you know, when you were talking about the lively stones, he was talking about something I observed when I toured Israel. All the graves had stones on them. And he said those were the flowers of their culture. They would take those light-colored stones and they would toss them on the grave. And he says what God was talking about when Jesus did the triumphal entry is that those stones would be the ones that cried out on resurrection day when graves burst open. See, when Jesus came into Jerusalem before he was crucified and the children started dancing saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees grew angry and said, can you not tell them to be silent? And Jesus said, if they should hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. Remember what we're called, lively stones. If they hold their peace... Lively stones will what? Cry out. Lift their voice. Shout. People who were dead but brought to life. What should be inanimate becomes animated. Lively stones. What are you? Lively stones. If they hold their peace, then stones will cry out. You are the fulfillment of that scripture. Why? Israel held its peace. They no longer worshipped him on Passover. They said crucify. They no longer praised him. They said, give us Barabbas. They no longer worshiped him. They made fun of him by simply proclaiming, you've saved others. Why don't you save yourself? They bowed their heads and the disciples wept and everybody walked away and they all became despondent because they no longer believed that God would do what he said he would do. They held their peace. But God decided that the gospel that was rejected in Israel, the stone that the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone so that the lively stones of Buford Church of God will come into this house and cry out with loud voices, He's alive, He's alive, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. We are the fulfillment of the prophecy because this is not a graveyard. It's a church filled with the Spirit and power of God. And I want to say this to you. 
Your parents, if they've gone on to be with the Lord, your grandparents, if they've gone on to be with the Lord, they're not in a graveyard. They're not there. They're with the Father. If you have loved ones on the other side, they gave their heart to Christ, I promise you this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They're not in the graveyard. You don't go to a grave to remember them. They're not there. You know where they are? They're with the Father. Well, how do I honor them? Get the Father to show up. For when heaven comes down and they're with God, if He's here, then you can feel heaven near. You feel closer to those who are with God when you're praising God than you do when you're weeping in graveyards. You want to get over the grief that's in your heart? Praise the Lord. Magnify and exalt His holy name. God is not dead. He's alive. I want to read you a scripture. I believe that this summarizes it better than almost anything that I've heard. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will rise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this mortal has put on immortality, this corruption has put on incorruption, then it will be brought to pass the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God who gives us through the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Don't seek God in graveyards. Don't seek the living among the dead. When I was growing up, my dad demonstrated a proficient ability at sarcasm. He passed it down to all of his children. And we have since given it to our children. It's a wonderful gift of the Spirit. <laughs> Dad worked at General Motors. And if you work at General Motors, you have to have a black belt in sarcasm. Right? Talk to me. Some of you have retired from General Motors. If you couldn't defend yourself verbally, you would go crazy down there. You had to learn how to pick on people and how to turn it around and get out of things. And Dad learned this art at an early age. Let me give you an example. My dad had a competition at General Motors where he was going to do, I think, 250 sit-ups, like 100 push-ups. He told somebody, I can do 250 sit-ups and 100 push-ups in X number of minutes. And they said, we don't believe you can do it. And so he trained. He started working on it. He started doing sit-ups and push-ups along with all the weightlifting and all of the martial arts and everything else he was doing. He was working to, to break that record and prove all of them people wrong. And I was down there in the basement 
helping my dad with, with one of his days, and I was holding his feet while he did over 200 sit-ups. He stood up from that moment, and I looked at him, and I said, Wow, I didn't know you could do that. My dad said to me, Son, if I tell you a chicken can pull a train, hook him up. Sometimes I wish the Bible could be made into southern euphemisms <laughs> so that we could relate to it. But I almost can hear the angels in the garden. If you believed what he said, honey, you wouldn't be looking where you're looking. If he tells you that a chicken can pull a train, hook him up. Somebody talk to me. How do we know he's alive? Because he woke me up this morning, started me on my way. How do we know he's alive? Because I felt his presence while I praised him. When I lifted up my hand, I felt like God was reaching down to me. How do we know he's alive? He's answered too many prayers in my life. I have found that this word is reliable. It's a sure foundation. How do we know he's alive? Because he lives. Right here in my chest. How do you know he lives inside of you? Because it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. I cannot help but speak of the things which I have seen and heard. My God is not dead. He's alive. Somebody give me a witness in this house today. Hallelujah. Shout it out. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Stand with me all over this house. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I ask you, God, to give these people the courage to stop looking for you in graveyards, to stop trying to find you in dead religion, in yesterday's pain. Stop trying to memorialize what happened a long time ago and turn their present into a funeral service and their future into a graveyard. Release us, God, to be what you've called us to be. I felt the Holy Spirit say something to me when I walked off the stage. He said, I still have the angels in the graveyard to let people know where you are when they come looking for you. No, 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 no. See, I used to be that. I'm not that anymore. See, when they try and find me at the graveyard of the crack house, somebody talk to me who's been delivered from drugs. No, sir, I'm not there anymore. Those angels are announcing over your life. No, sir. Why seek the living among the dead? They're not dead. They're alive. They've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, they live. Not them, but Christ lives in them. Not, be, not only is he alive, now you're alive. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was dead. Thanks be unto God. I'm not dead anymore. He brought me out.
Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I bless these people with faith today. Faith to believe that he will do what he said he will do. Faith to know that they don't have to look for God where he used to be. They can look for God where he promised that he would be. I pray, God, that they would obey you. And not look at their past saying, yes, but I did this. And I have this tombstone in the graveyard. I have this memorial to my failure. I have this crypt that entombs my past pain. No, sir. I'm not going to that graveyard. He's not there. He's alive. I bless you with faith today. Favor with God to leave the tent and the tabernacle of his fellowship. Knowing that he's with you. I bless you today with beauty for ashes. And the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.